Brooklyn, its staff, or management. Thanks for listening and enjoy RFB. This is what Brooklyn sounds like. Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shed. And I'm Dr. Lisa. How you doing? You know me. I'm the self-proclaimed psychotherapist that just throws out like my own opinions, uh, you know, without thinking. So anyway, thanks so much for listening. And thanks for being here for Radio Free Brooklyn. You know, it's that time of year, folks. Are you sick of being asked to donate money? I don't know how to get around this, but I, I can tell you that, quite honestly, this is a really, really valuable organization. It's made a, a huge difference in my life and I think a lot of other people's lives. And we are really, like, we are, like, for real, like, inclusive. It's a crazy, it's actually a pretty idealistic organization run by a lot of run by volunteers it's an all volunteer station so we only need like we're going to put the money to good use we're really like if you donate to us we're not going to be like we're not paying any salaries it'll all go to the product that you're listening to so you should donate to us okay so go to radiofreebrooklyn.com slash donate and uh check us out okay so anyway, uh, it's been quite a week, Roe versus Wade. I, this is depressing. I can't talk. We, we, we don't need to get into any of that. And, but, but you know what? I'm in such a good mood because I have Shanali, and I meant to ask her how to pronounce her last name. Bomek. Bomek. That's mm-hmm. how I would have said, but I was afraid <laughs> I was going to screw it up here today. And uh, Shanali is uh, an amazing woman, okay? She has... Um, so here's the thing. Here's the thing about Chanali that's so weird, guys, is that she is really, really, really accomplished at like a crazy amount of things, okay? <laughs> like she's um, a lawyer. I mean, she, she practices contract law or, you know, she does it for money in a, in a way that's simple for her just because she's a creative person, but she uses, she uses being a lawyer to make a living, okay, in, in the way that she needs to. Um, she's also a musician. She's, I mean, I, I kind of think of her as mostly as a musician um, because she's fronted, um, or she's the direct what lead of uh, Tigers and Monkeys right now, but she's had so many bands, and I know she's been doing this. She started when she was eight years old <laughs> yeah. with playing violin with her best friend who became her bandmate. So I think that is something that is that is obviously taken Shanali throughout her life. But she's also a writer, comedian, attorney, filmmaker, and producer. She's also an actress. She's been on like 11... She's been on like... She's been in a big Hollywood budget movie, guys. Uh, it's, but anyway, I... With all honesty, I'm going to say in the six and a half years that I'm doing this show, I don't think I've had somebody who has accomplished so much oh. in so many different areas, okay? Oh. This is true. So um, that's a freak thing, and we're going to find out about that. Um, so, uh, you know, it, I mean, her, podca- uh, her podcast, we didn't even say that. Okay, so she does a podcast. It's called We Don't Even Know. All, uh, all this stuff is going to be when I post this episode. So, But check it out, her podcast, We Don't Even Know. 
uh, her band is Tigers and Monkeys. It's on Bandcamp, and she is with a uh, classic and still uh, ongoing uh, comedy troupe called Variety Shack, which has a lot of famous comedians, women. So I'm going to turn you over to Shanali so she can sort of give you what's – she has to organize what I just said. (laughs) Please, Shanali, save me. Thank you. Thank you so much for acknowledging the many uh, different things that I love to do. And I I just think of it as I sometimes I think, okay, are you delusional? Because you won't not take a chance to try out something that you're interested in. And that's one part is New York's played a big role in that, in that I do do many things, but you did can... Music, since I was a child, uh, my first doll was named Johnny Cash. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I did have, and you know, my parents had come from India, and then we we moved to Nashville for their graduate work, and, and my dad worked at the university as a professor. But my mom was telling me just over Thanksgiving that you heard Johnny Cash's voice, and you were instantaneously like in love with the voice. And I had all the records, like by five, I had all these Johnny Cash wow. albums. Um, so I know without a doubt that I will play music. It's not a phase till I die. Mm-hmm. It's just, I, I look forward to being 90 and being on stage with my electric guitar. That's I've, great. I've all, I've looked forward to that with my very best friend that I grew up with since we were kids. We mm. would imagine that being awesome. Oh, not, also, you, know. you did it. I mean, you yeah. were in a, your bands, your bands have toured. You yeah. guys have toured together. You've been on big tours with yeah. big musicians and yeah. shit. It's a real deal, guys. And yep. And that's, you know, I was watching the. Beatles. You did it. You real. I mean, you have real. I mean, does, does that feel like you've, well, anyway. Yeah, it yeah. does. It does feel that way. In fact, like watching the Beatles documentary, I was like, wait, I've been in one band longer than they existed. <laughs> and I've slept, I've done the real thing, which is I probably played more shows because they couldn't do full on tours. Right. You know, they, they got really big and they stopped performing. So right. much. So I've probably made more, more shows during that time, slept on more floors, you know, been in more vans. Like to me, that's the real deal. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a real musician, you know, For sure. And that took a long time to say. So often I would just be like, you just default to, yeah, I went to law school, I'm a lawyer. You, you default oh, really? to what Even the, after that. the yeah. traditional whatever, mm-hmm. what people mm-hmm. think of as a career because saying you're a musician is too complicated for people to handle and there's too many questions that you get right. in response. Like, right. Are you successful? Yeah, I, I think so, but I don't even know if I could explain it to, you know, I, when I say regular person, I guess someone that's not in the world of the arts, maybe, you know, that they can't really. I, th- I think, I, I think, I think, you know, I mean, you're around other very, very successful people as well, you know, so, mm-hmm. so um, maybe your perspective is a little off, but anybody who's <laughs> been in a band, to, you know, what, it's a pretty big deal, right? Mm-hmm. I want to play, yeah. I want to play um, one of your songs. Thank you. And um, we're going to play, uh, uh, appropriately enough, a song, and she did. This is this has got nothing to do. This just okay. coincidence, okay? The, yep. It's from it's from an album called "I'll Be." Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll be your therapy. So, it's and my, we're going to play "I'll Be Your Therapy." So, tell us about that. You know what? This song is the most recent song that I recorded during this pandemic, and it really was my sort of gift to my friends because I am a very good listener, um, and I play that role in a lot of 
uh, my friendships, and mm-hmm. um, and I'm happy to be that mm-hmm. and play this role. So this song was dedicated to all my friends and for you all, because um, we've just been dealing with this relentless time the mm. past two years. So mm. I recorded at home on my A track, and I uh, had wow. a friend help master and mix it. Okay, mm-hmm. so here we go. I'll be your therapy. Thank you. That's 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 beautiful. That's I mean that's like fun and beautiful and poignant and all that shit. That's Thank that's you. great. That's that I really enjoyed that a Thank lot. You, I really Lisa. enjoyed that. Yeah. That was yeah. that was definitely like as much as I could feel good about doing during like this time last year. Yeah. And uh it it felt it did feel very satisfying to get it done and share it with the world. Oh, I I yeah. <laughs> wow. So, you know, the thing is, is this is what, this is what, this is what I, okay. So I just cannot get over how many, your drive. I want to talk about your drive, your, your ambition and your, your, your just 
you know, focus to accomplish what you've accomplished and um, and continue to accomplish. And I find it just remarkable. And I, you know, I, I'm curious what, what it's like for you. And if it's, you know, if it's like, if it's difficult, like if, you know, some of it is internal and some of it might be from your family, you know, maybe there's other pressures and mm-hmm. pressures you put on yourself and where that all, if it's from pre, I mean, you're obviously a gifted, talented person. We know that, um, which is the base of all of this because you have something to say that you want to get out. But the, the level that you produce at is crazy to me. Aww. So I'm just curious about what, where that's coming from and what that's like for you and what that's like for you now. But, um, I also, I'm interested in just pointing out to to you guys in your basements at home, <laughs> or if you're on the toilet listening, maybe you're on the toilet. I don't know. Uh, you probably know. Are you in a car? I don't know where you are. I don't know where you are. Uh, but uh, I'm grateful if you are listening to this, by the way. But anyway, the thing is, is that um, you have a very, very, very successful sister, right? Yes. Who worked in the Obama so tell so tell us a little bit about her and like yeah that's just such an example of how there's some kind of crazy drive in your family it's genetic okay go ahead it's it's interesting I mean I my dad was uh the head of sociology department at, at Fisk University in Nashville and I, I say that because I think I'm also always like breaking down why we are who we are and where did that come from. And um, I mean, I would t- tell you that my dad teaching was his thing. And he's like, I'm a simple guy. Like we, I, I remember getting him a limo for uh, an anniversary and he was like, just he couldn't even imagine being in it. So there was definitely like there was n- no, no one pushed us towards like, you need to make sure you make money. You know, academics was definitely important. Um, but the, my sister and I were always close. We've been close since we were little kids. I think it's a great thing we ended up going to different high schools because then we we didn't have to like we didn't have to be compared to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she excelled at her high. We were too public. Are you close high. in age? Yes. So she's 18 months young, uh, younger. younger. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and so she, I always say she followed my lead and she'll say that, you know, um, but, but then I definitely, we both were into music, but for me, I started making music at a young age mm-hmm. and it was really much, in your bones. Yeah. And even though she ended up going to shows for me, it was just like immersing myself in the music world where my best friends were in bands and like, it just continued mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. continued, even though I went to law school, right? So mm-hmm. even though I was doing what you're supposed to be doing, I was always immersed in that world in a very deep way, you know, e- e- even while being like the French club president, the drama club president, all those things in high, high school. High school cheerleader, high I saw. Cheerleader. High school cheerleader. <laughs> yeah. And, a, and it, like in a band. <laughs> and my sister, too. No, she does not want, I mean, she was a cheerleader, too, at her which is crazy to think about now but um we did end up both taking a little time off and then both of us going to law school I was a math major I I I don't know like in my headspace then was like I'm going to help under representative communities Mm -hmm. and just do something to help 
people. Mm-hmm. Music was also working out for me. And I remember mm. thinking, well, um, if I'm a public defender, I will probably make as much as I do playing music. And music is really what's inside of me yeah. that needed to come out. So I took that that path. But also, like in terms of politics and caring about our community, I was always like involved. I got mm-hmm. the I got the public service award at, in, in law school, right? Oh wow! From the dean's award, yeah, because I was it's a family of overachievers, <laughs> and I got to find out about this, really. Um, but you know, I think the my mom is super smart. She she also is, you know was um, teaching at these universities. She ended up having her own business in Nashville, which was the first Indian grocery, Indian traditional. <laughs> Sorry, store. She had it for like until wow. this pandemic. Wow, she's had it for like thirty-five. Oh years. man, and and it's like the community like center for Indian folks, right. you know, throughout right. you know until now everybody shops on Amazon. But for a long time, it was the center place for everyone right. to hang in out Nashville, in there, Nashville. There, is there a big or is there now, a substantial community? Now there? it is, and it's mostly because of the the universities uh, and, and the uh, um, engineering. I mean, it's a pretty big city. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. But it increased over the time. I'd say when we were there, it was 2,000. Mm-hmm. Now it's it's multiplied. So so I wanted to um, let everybody know what, what your sister, so your sister went to law school. She went to law school. And I, this is where I love sharing the story, how we're so, we were, we are very similar. I was also, I was involved in, um, in, you know, at the time, I'm trying to think of like the campaigns I worked on, but I was working for the, I, I did like um, public relations for the Democratic uh, Association of Georgia. I, I was working mm-hmm. in this. Mm-hmm. My sister ended up going from law school. She was at uh, UVA. She went to Yale undergrad. I went to Vanderbilt Emory. Not that mm-hmm. this says anything. Yale undergrad. To, yeah. So she, of course, in the Indian households, she went to an Ivy League. I went to what we call the Southern Ivy Leagues, which doesn't mean anything. But in and that's, you know, that's how we call ourselves. Vanderbilt what, I'm just curious. What did your parents like? Was there a lot of pressure on you guys to do well, or what was it? That's where I. Or were you guys just talented? Or I always wondered. I think they were smart. They talked to us. We talked to them. But they never said, you must get straight A's and you must do this. Like, I was into, we both talk about it now. We loved homework. Like, I loved it. I still, like, love read. If someone tells me to go study something, I love it. I just, it's. Just hungry for information. Yes, yes. You just have a natural curiosity and ability to process stuff. That's That's just that, and that's just genetic? I, I think so, because, uh-huh. I mean, and especially you don't really recognize how smart your parents are until you grow up, you know? And I uh-huh. just, like, every time I go home, I am I am still blown away by things my parents say that I've, I'm like, oh, wow, they've been smart all this time, you know? Right, right, it's, right. They're feeding me information still that I can't believe they know, and I don't. And they moved to America, right? Yep, they, they, came, were, they were, did, they're from India, dad's Bengali, He's from near Calcutta. My mom's South Indian, so that's unusual. She was from near Chennai. Mm-hmm. And so they spoke different languages, different oh, wow. languages. It was a love marriage. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. That's like an interracial relationship in many right. ways uh, right. back then. Right. Here. So they were different. They were different in their mm-hmm. own space. And but they moved here together. They moved here together. And about how old were they? Were they in their 20s? They were in their late 20s, early 30s, like mm-hmm. that, like 29, mm-hmm. 30. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. 
Yeah. They, they were like grownups and they still, but this was a completely new thing. And my mom still says she's the one who pushed my dad to do something uh, to, wow. to break out so, of being safe. You so know? They, they're ambitious risk takers. Yeah. Got it. And even in their own world, in, uh, you know, just, working at these african-american mm-hmm. universities they were really talked to us about civil rights and we we my sister and i were at very integrated public schools and so we always had a stake i did at a young age mm-hmm. in terms of um, looking out for each other and my mom always that's something that i think has to do with my my drive is i get a lot of satisfaction from communicating with everyone, and and hopefully there's something I'm sharing that taps into their experience, which is what I love about art. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like this non-stop need to communicate it's mm. in, in in those ways, you know, uh, mm. in those ways that I don't think uh, a Southern um, American and Indian American, um, a woman, when you put all those things together that not necessarily are heard that often right you know right and now was your sister like that we we never got to what your sister did she worked in the obama administration so she ended up she ended up going to work at a firm and within like right after law school and uh it was focused on international law and i mean within six months what i love about is she called me she was she was like i just went home for two hours i got two hours of sleep i can't do this i'm not doing this and she even said and i quote i will never forget I'm making too much money for my age. And I remember being like, what? Now it's even like much more of an impact on me. At the time I was like, what? She's like, I'm not sleeping. I, 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 she was just like, I don't need this. So she ended up going to the Brady Center, the Center to Prevent uh, Handgun Violence. Oh, yeah. And um, and that was after Columbine. Like uh, it was just, mm-hmm. you know. Because she has that same or she has a social same. consciousness. Exactly. And mm-hmm. so that was when I really knew like we are very much aligned mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. so um because without talking to each other about those things it just yeah happened. right and so from that she was asked to work for senator ron wyden of oregon and then she had an interview with a gentleman at the time she's like i had this interview with this young senator he's up and coming and at that point she said it was senator obama and i was like i just watched him at the dnc convention are you kidding and uh she had that interview she uh, got interviewed to work in the White House and she became, uh, I mean, pretty much it would be like the the, the chief of staff. Uh, it, it's like third in line. You know what I mean? Everything. And then she was... She um, worked closely with Obama, oh, though. Yeah. I mean, there Very were pictures close. of you and yeah. her, your family. She was his number one um, advisor in the Senate. She was his legislative director. And then in the White House, she had a number, but it would be like personal. It'd be his personal advisor for years. And, yeah, yeah. Um, that I think in the family sort of like took off any pressure I might have of anything because it was like, oh my God, I have a kid that did this. This is it's crazy for my parents who are also obviously who care about our world. They were so excited, even though they may not understand exactly what she did. You know? But, but, um, so that was you guys are just really self motivated. Yeah. So I, I would say like for me, because I think, and she, She's well-versed in the arts and she loves, mm-hmm. you know, she's mm-hmm. into the things I am. But I think my feeling for me is like, I definitely have a, a much more of a need to like, to challenge myself in a way that, that there's nothing else that can come out of it except like what I get out of it in that moment. It's mm-hmm. not about money. It's not, 
it's like there's something where I need a new challenge and um, I need to communicate. Those are the two things. And that I don't, I don't, I wonder this. I'm like, is it because of our immigrant, you know, our immigrant mm-hmm. parents that mm-hmm. there's a need to like not stop, like feel like maybe we would disappear and be, I, I, I don't know. That's just something right. I think about what is that because it can, it, it's awesome to be excited about all these opportunities, but at the same time, like you were sort of asking, it's like, you can't stop thinking. You can't stop connecting dots. It takes a lot of work to like take five minutes to breathe and to, to take a walk and like not think about I think that's the way the world is anyway. Everyone is. Well, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually, I'm going to disagree with that, but I'd like to think so. Um, but like, do you, did you um, experience, like how did you experience that your parents um, how did you experience their immig- immigrant status? Like, did you picture, the, you know, did you see things? What were, what yeah. was it like? What was it like? Did you have to fill in blanks for them or? Yeah. No, you know what? I also think sometimes I'm like, it. I wonder why I feel like it wasn't as difficult for us as it could have been where I hear stories from other yeah. friends, especially yeah. growing up in Tennessee. Like, I literally had some of my friends who grew up that are Indian uh, with me this last week and they were saying they were bullied. And I was like, I was never bullied. Mm -hmm. And then one of them said, well, because you made them like you. And I said, well, I also think there was a part of me that empathized with even the bullies. You know, like Uh I'm always like looking out and I was like, what was that? I think it was my mom and dad that were just like so accepting. Really? Yeah. You know, I remember having a friend with dog collar and, you know, the black vest, whole punk rock look. Oh, and my yeah, dad yeah. was just so intrigued and excited. Oh, like, yeah. Was wow. Just like, so they're also really curious. Did you ever feel criticized? I mean, you must have done something. Did um, you, do you ever feel like you were failing them or disappointing them? Um, you know, I think, like, I just think ultimately that in the terms of the arts, I mean, they're just supportive of me. They like me. I like me. Yeah, right, know? right, right. But I, I definitely think that they don't. There, what is there to understand? It's hard to understand when money when money is the thing that usually is the symbol of success, right? And as a person that I mean, I I only care about like paying my bills, but sure. I'm just like I like creating. I love being in New York where we get to see new things by new artists, and it doesn't have to be endorsed by Pitchfork, the New York Times, to right? Be, to be good, I right. love that. So I think ultimately maybe that's currently like they're just like worried like what what is the goal you know and it's hard to tell them like well they're the only goal is for me to do me <laughs> right so um so so is it something like they just uh, they I mean and and you know I, I can understand this but is it yeah. like hard for them to understand what you do or uh, I mean I think that but I think that for everyone I feel like. You know, if you say you work in the White House, what does that mean? If you say you're a lawyer, what does that mean? It's like hard, especially for parents, I think, unless they're in that field, right? If I said I was a professor, my dad would know exactly what that is. Yeah, but I mean, like, what's a, I mean, but that's, that's true. But I mean, I'm just wondering if, you know, if, 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 like, there's something that I think, you know what? I'm going to say that I can't believe how often I hear like major famous celebrities. I yeah. mean, we all hear this. Yeah. 
like say my parents don't I think I read something about I was reading Steve Martin's biography the other day and it was like he's disappointed his parents didn't think he was you know didn't know what he did or didn't appreciate it or something like that exactly like I think even I I mean David Letterman's mom was on that show all the time but there was comments where he made where they like it's like I don't think she understands you know like what it takes to build that show what you do before you get on television what you know all that yeah. stuff. And also, maybe we don't sit down and talk to our parents about that stuff. I, I've i only told my parents, my mom one time saw Jennifer Lopez on television. I always tell, tell the story because to me, it was an era. I, you all may think she's a great singer. I don't. And so she was on television on the Grammys in, in her like beautiful bodysuit on a swing and you know mm-hmm. and my mom was like someday this will be you <laughs> <laughs> i love it and i was like mom i just want you to know that right now i am really satisfied with playing small clubs in front of like like i've just been on tour i i, I i'm okay with not being that you know mm-hmm. that she got it mm-hmm. she sort of got that right yeah. she was yeah. like yeah okay yeah and that's okay that's yeah. okay that yeah so um what was i going to say um so you you like you keep doing different projects and stuff like that is that like is that like is there something that you're missing is there something like i want to try this or are you bored or like why why what motivates you to do so many different things so lisa the one thing in my life that i have envisioned since i was probably 13 is designing shoes so that has not come into play i did take a shoemaking class once but it is the thing that i somehow it's somewhere inside of me where i'm like if i don't do that i will have not made one of my dreams come true i don't i don't know i've talked to a few people but that is one thing um but i do look at life as a limitless sort of landscape for us and i i i just I'm excited by it all the time. Wow. Yeah. And wow. Yeah. And That's I, crazy. And are you on drugs all the time? This is crazy. This is, are you really this, like this? This is what somebody, I remember the first time I was accused. Crazy. It was at a law firm and she accused this, I got, this woman got on my nerves, but I remember being accused of, um, being on cocaine <laughs> at the law firm once by this one woman. And I just think she was jealous, but I remember it was the first time I was like, oh, yeah, maybe somebody would think that because I mm-hmm. this is me. But, yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. You it's, just have that energy. I do have that energy. And um, yeah. But like also like is it like some some people that have that same energy would be focused on like one thing and taking it to one like yeah. is there is there is it are you goal oriented or do you just feel like I can I can do this. Yeah. Now that's a great question because I think about music, how that organically, it's like you sort of have a path where, you know, I mean, in, in the days of rock and roll, where you got in a van and, and you booked shows on your phone, you know, mm-hmm. um, I always had a path. I had other bands and friends and we, you, you put out albums, you promote it, you tour, you know, and you just do that mm-hmm. over and over. And maybe you get a manager or a booking agent and that, you know, helps. But everything else, it would be like in my head, something opens another door. So say my goal was to write a play and then, you know, put it on stage. 
And then that opens the door for, oh, I should try writing this. It just doesn't end. That's all. I right. mean, I think that's how you are. Like, it just does. Uh, uh-huh. You doing this radio show. Like, it, it's like you can't help it. You just did it. Right? I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, although I don't know. But, like, the thing is, though, I think that I think there's always this struggle I mean, I have this struggle to get to where the next level with whatever you're doing. And do you have that? So I think maybe... Like never good enough. I have that. Right. I think music helped me get over that. I think um, because, I mean, there were these moments where, you know, we got tons of money from a big label and we got, you know, sent, flown to do things and all that. But then also seeing it not play out the way we thought it would, you know, at that time it was like, we're going to be on MTV and we're going to do this. And, you know, you come up with that fantasy world of not, not that it necessarily, I mean, it happens to some Some people, people, right? right? But it's like the very stereotypical way of sort of being rich and famous in terms of music. And when it didn't play out that way, and then I was still happy, I let go of a lot of those ideas mm-hmm. you know and that was i think that's where i learned that because it was headed in a way one at one point i remember being dropped from a big label and my friend and i were so happy it was becoming you know they were telling us to wear skirt they were telling oh. us do you realize we realized early on like there is a price to pay oh. to become these things and right like, so yeah, so I think that's so what happened. So you understood the trade-off, and it wasn't like it wasn't fun for you, and it probably wasn't natural. Like people right. that do, like you know, the, like Jennifer Lopez is all that, right? She's she exactly is that. that person. She is. Yeah, she ex- didn't twist herself to become that. Exactly. Exactly. Uh-huh. So I and I think the other part of um, being, you know, being good enough, like. For the most part, how many, and I, I'm going to start to talk about gender issues, but how many times have we seen men that are okay at what they do, you know, fail upward? So I just have given myself like that affirmation. It took, you know, like we just talked about Variety Shack, us realizing, especially in the past few years, discussing like we are good and we are great and uh we may not have gotten the recognition, you know, being the mainstream. Let me. Let me I just want to yeah. bring the. I just want to bring the listener in. If there, if there are any. Hey, are you listening, <laughs> fuckhead? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Listen. So, um, I just want you to understand what we did talk about this just a little before we got on the air, and I want you guys to understand like the significance of Variety Shack. If you don't know comedy or whatever, um, there. Are, and I'm going to have Shanali name just go through who's in that but Chanali is a part of um this comedy troupe that is legendary women a woman's comedy troupe and um they've performed and a lot of the men that they've worked with have become very famous yes. right like yes. Eugene Merman is very yep. Bob's Burgers hello mm-hmm. um David Cross if mm-hmm. you know anything about comedy he's super famous he's probably really wealth is he wealthy I think so yeah, yeah I've been to his home. um yeah he he did a show uh with uh Bob Odenberg who's he's like 
they were best friends. He's who's now, you know, the big, 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 big people. Mm-hmm. So you guys in 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 relationship to them. But tell just name and give yeah. the credits of oh, the yeah. other women, and then we'll yeah. move on because I don't want to spend too much time yeah. on that. Yeah, but I love these women: Heather Lawless, uh, Chelsea Peretti, and Andrea Rosen. And we all organically ba- became friends in New York City via comedy music and um we realized you know it was time for us to make art and put ourselves in the center of uh the stage for a show instead of being the one woman on every Mm -hmm. show and that led to us making the first i think first comedy some of the first comedy videos to ever be made that you know went on to youtube we actually started an old program called rever that's how old that was. So what, like what year was that? In- that was like, oh my gosh, 2006. Mm. I think that's mm. about maybe five. It, mm-hmm. it could have been like that. Maybe that. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, when I, I was just saying like giving yourself that pat on the back, um, so, it took a while. To, so you, you to, and Chelsea, well, Chelsea Peretti, didn't she write on, she's a writer Parks for- Parks and Rec. That's what she did at first, and then she's on the show Brooklyn Nine. Brooklyn, yes, yeah, she's yeah. on that show, and yeah. I mean, they've all you guys have all gone on. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you do feel so. What What are you guys talking about? Like, you don't feel like you're. I, I mean, I look at you guys as all really successful, but you guys you. don't think that. Well, you know what? I think everyone feels satisfied with their own, you know, work personally, but as a collaborative creative group. Um, you know, even then when it was happening. So like mm-hmm. we were pitching shows. Amy Poehler took us to pitch a show. We pitched to like eight networks. And at the same time, men that were, I would say, using a lot of what we have done already, using those bits that weren't even um, a group, oh, were wow. getting picked up. Their shows were getting made. They were, you know, but we were, uh, it's weird or it's strange, but it's, yet you're seeing men doing similar things that and that's i mean i'm telling a story that's just been we've been this circle this cycle just continues and continues and continues but i think the more we speak up about it the fact that we aren't being seen because of many reasons but i would Mm -hmm. say gender was big for that one and now getting all this great like oh you influenced me you influenced me you influenced me and I was like, well, why don't you say that to the world? I think mostly people say... I mean, say, the famous men that you've worked with, you yeah. feel like and they... And women. And, and women, women yeah. too. There's women, too. Yeah, yeah, I just think it's difficult to, to... People don't reflect. When we talk about history, it literally is H-I-S, history. We're right. always talking about men. And even in comedy, for the most part, all these people are talking about male comics that influence them. And right. so this would be something that we all like... Uh, together agree that you know why not think about the women that have influenced you and talk about it you know Mm -hmm. like like give us the credit we deserve (laughs) well it's also frustrating because it shows that you're you're not gonna or like it's a barrier and it's an artificial barrier yeah exactly so are you guys planning on doing stuff or well just before this we had planned on we were talking about doing a live show again doing one in la oh and we had made two shorts you know within like one in a year because that's like i go up i'll go there they're all in la Mm -hmm. and um and we had such a blast. So is then, that recent? The shorts? Yeah, okay, the last I'll post two. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Great. I'll send you the links. Okay, you. good. Um, and yeah, so it just was like 
we feel good. We still know we're different. We still think this is this is now, you know, what we do. And so I um I just love to bring it up because I want to remind everyone like So you guys are all still in touch. Yeah. Which yeah. is really awesome. Yeah, yeah. Because it's been so long. Yeah. And you must have an awesome um I was going to say is that um so the pandemic mm-hmm. um did that it sounds like the pandemic had an effect on you guys as a group is that right yeah so, so that that and even my band like all of us right um yeah the pandemic you know i, I they all live in in california so i wasn't going there but in mm-hmm. general um all of us that are creatives all of us that are just people you know if we just talk about the political climate racial uh, strife all of it you know i I take all that to heart like Mm. i really um Mm. you know i i worked with a community neighborhood group i'm always i consider myself an activist too so Mm -hmm. i worked with a group (laughs) that helped um uh the neighbors of ours that are homeless and that really was really comforting to know during the pandemic yeah that wow. I had neighbors we called it friends of fight i do live downtown wow but it was just so organic it was just neighbors that got together and like you know did things to help wow. people in our neighborhood that were homeless and uh yeah so the political strife i mean it got to all of us but it, it you mm-hmm. know waking up with that and the pandemic mm-hmm. every day i would just say it for someone who is so driven I would say that I couldn't, I couldn't, the song was as creative as I could really be. That was, uh-huh. I, I did stop, I did give myself a break, you know? Uh-huh. So, oh, mm-hmm. so this would, and my break was like making calls for the senator campaigns in Georgia and, you know, still being active in, in terms of mm-hmm. like, what can we do now to save the world? Right, right, and you know, uh, we we all forget, or we we. It's worth noting that you know the Trump administration was in charge, and we went through hell, right, at the beginning uh, of the uh, pandemic. So let's not uh, oh let's not underestimate the power oh, of that. Lisa, I wake up every day thinking, oh my gosh, I don't have to see or hear him do something that's going to make me like want to vomit every day. <sighs> Every morning now, I just wake up thinking that I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful that who, who knows what's yet to come. But right now, just enjoy that. You know? So did did so? Are you like really busy like all the time? I mean, oh, you're married. You've been married. You said you got married six, six years, years ago. ago. Yeah, to a lovely, handsome man. Yes, he's very. Yeah. So, um, do you have? Do you take time? What's What's the like time off thing? Do you do that? So, you know, I would say in many ways, the pandemic helped me take time off, you know, like give myself permission to walk and do yoga and just like relax. Try Mm. because otherwise I think mentally we would all just like have breakdowns, which the song uh, talks about. But Jasper is an artist. It's really nice to be with a creative person Mm. Um, and also have a partner during this time. You yeah. Know, I was definitely reaching yeah. out to my single friends a lot. Yeah. Uh, it was a joy to be with him. We, he, we cooked a lot. We gained some weight. Not, yeah. yeah no, everybody, right? you got it. Yeah. That's a point. <laughs> yeah. But it, in terms of finances, it's also, you know, it's hard to be with a struggling artist two when artists. you are two of us. Um, but we're super supportive. I completely understand. 
Dan. It's almost like we take turns. Like he's working a lot right now and he's making much more money than I am. And I am having more free time to do my art. Mm -hmm. And um, Mm -hmm. so that's the give and take, you Mm -hmm. know, but it's still like, you know, you're, Mm -hmm. you're counting your pennies and actually putting them into coin wrappers and taking them (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to see that. That would be a good, they're short, there's a penny shortage. You, yeah. That would be, that would be a worthwhile social totally. thing to do. Totally. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's always the hard part, but you also have a way to make, make money, uh, yeah. you know, as in yes. your contract lawyer work. Yeah, totally. So, but do you, do you think like, you know, are you working, are you just so like driven that you wind up missing, you know, having downtime or like getting I, bored or you know and then I, I i think of you as being similar similar to me in that we i love art so like downtime is still being in an artistic community and i guess so yeah seeing them work seeing my friend has a drag show tonight and um it's their birthday and like that's so exciting, you know. It's like, oh, that's great. Like, and it's still a part of uh-huh. of who we are. Like, we're always connecting when we see art. And so, to me, the, the, what would be considered downtime to others, it's still uptime. It's like I love it, but it's still like okay, I'm gonna go see this person, and now we're back, sort of, to doing these things. Right. Um, but to seeing, I've gone to some plays that are just wow. amazing, mind blowing. Like, give me such joy you know right so um, you you like a lot of stimulation yeah, yeah you know i keep thinking like you seem like such a um innately happy person thank you and 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 if that is that is that kind of like I, genetically you don't i, I think so yeah, yeah you don't like, need any antidepressants it's like i i've definitely surround myself with a lot of friends that may need them but i think it's because i i do have there's some belief system and i i asked my parents like did this mm-hmm. where did it come from but i'm like at a young age, I liked myself and I wanted to help others. Wow. And so that's something that stayed with me. And I think one of it is that I knew always my parents would be there for me. Like I always think like, what's the worst? If I was sleeping in a ditch, if I, what, what? I have these two people, they're still here, you know, and throughout my life, I've always had that. And I, I, I don't have kids, which we've discussed but I, re- I have friends who have kids, and when they ask my mom, she's just like, you have to love them unconditionally. And that, like that, and I was like, wow. that's, that's what it was. So, 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 folks, this is a good example <laughs> of, like, good parenting. You know, here's, here, I just realized what's weird about you. What's weird about you is that um, most creative people are not that happy. Right. And um, usually, there's usually some fucked up parenting Mm-hmm. involved and you're kind of just genuinely happy and the result of great parenting and also creative and yes. and and productive yeah so that's a good uh folks yeah this is happen. a good example of like you don't have to be from a fucked up life <laughs> and you don't have to be tragic and you don't need all that shit to be productive it's true. and creative and all that yeah you know and, I, I was you see the Iggy Pop documentary, and I was just like, Jim was happy. He was a happy kid whose parents loved him and let him play drums in the front, you know, of the front living room where they, that was their space. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's it. That that to me 
he knew that his parents were there for him. And I mean, Iggy Pop is amazing. <laughs> right. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> right. So a- anyway, yeah, I think. So you've never questioned, you never had to question your parents' judgment or love or, you know, you just really, you know, because your parents can love you unconditionally, but you can still like as as a child sort of like question their judgment or not trust their judgment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it sounds like your parents were really stable, too. Yeah. I mean, as much as it, uh, the, the strictest they were, were like, you got to be home by, you know, curfew. And like, if I stayed out too late, I'd get yelled at, you know, mm-hmm. these are the things. Uh, I, I, I don't remember like dating even like they were not the stereotypical Indian parents. I really? had friends that couldn't date. Really? Uh-huh. Wow. And they were accepting of, you know, I dated in high school and they were they were cool with it. And mm-hmm. I, I guess like. Um, I'm trying to think like, what did I hide from them? You know, it's like, I didn't talk to them about sex. No way. No way. You know, that's, of course not. that's proper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Thank God. Right. Exactly. But, but it sounds like they themselves are incredibly accepting people. Yes. yes. And that's, and, and they've been rewarded, I think, because they've, it, the good things have come back to them yep. from I- that. Definitely, you know. Yeah, definitely. and a lot because they're smart about it. You know, being accepting is great, but if you're kind of like also trusting and not discriminatory, yeah, you can really, you can really get fucked. Yes, especially. So true. Yeah, that's true, and you're exactly right. You, yeah, you got it. So you gotta like, yeah. So obviously, so they were really wow. You know, I also think a lot of times really happy people. Um, are uh are um athletic from childhood and have really good i think that really helps your brain chemistry Uh, were you athletic as a child i I was i i I played tennis in high school i've always been i was just saying this last week too that playing a team sport well i mean you play i played singles and doubles but playing a sport in high school led to an active life from there on out like i've never not been uh someone that works out or you know mm-hmm. I, i've challenged myself physically this and, entire time and you're talented probably of skills physical skills i can dance i can I, dance i'm can coordinated you, can you ski i can i've not skied i have uh-huh. not well, what, skied. What, what do you do for um I, I i've only been running i would play back then it was like tennis and you know yeah basketball. But you, those are hard sports yeah so yeah, yeah. You, were you yeah. on teams you were on cheerleader yeah, that's yeah. talent i was a second singles player in tennis oh, on my high see. school team yeah that's just, this is what i'm saying folks yeah i think that helped I and, think that, and that that came to me through a junior high boyfriend that was like a great tennis player he's like you should try i had i had a lot of uh, the the men in my life, the boys in my life were always encouraging. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Always like, you should try this. The guitar came through a rock and roll boyfriend mm-hmm. who was like, here, try this, take this. I, I had played like, we didn't, I didn't own a guitar. We definitely know? didn't date any of the same guys <laughs> at all. Not even close. Oh my God. It's life changing, I think. But yeah. you know, I also think that um, one of the obstacles, I was a very depressed teen and, and you know, whatever, that's that's an issue, mm-hmm. um, you know, an on off thing, but uh, definitely as a teen. And I think, and I think that um, boys, I think boys are probably really attracted to positive teenage girls because there just aren't enough. That 
You know, I've never thought about it that way, but when you say that, I think I, I, it could be true. It could be true. It, yeah. It makes yeah. sense. It's helpful. I know yeah. that in a, in a, in a hard time of your life, having a positive, you know. Yeah. So you were person. positive and mm-hmm. you were, you know, doing things. And so you, and also generous. I think that you're very generous uh, innately. And I think that comes because you are positive. Like you haven't got enough to give away. Thank you. And I think that you probably um, attracted guys like that. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's what it was. Um, and, and I, you know, this is not to say that any of my significant others are like me. I mean, we're, we're similar, but we're all different. Like I definitely have a, a skill set that almost I've only had creative boyfriends you know right right musicians or right. i mean outside of high school which he was created but he you know it was like a baseball player right and then it was a rock and roller and then it was a visual artist and a visual artist those are the yeah you, but you have a high tolerance for depressed people <laughs> yes. they're harmless really yes, i do and i do so we only you have can you believe this we only have seven minutes it's left crazy. and i really would love to play oh, your song you. your other song that you brought i requested a few songs because i really want to share i appreciate Shanali's music with you guys but um so in uh two minutes tell us what you have coming up and just yeah. say all the things that people should go and look at first. Oh, so what do you what, what you. what's What's in your year coming up? What are you looking forward to next so, year? So I personally am writing a lot, but I, I, really? I'm writing music. I'm hoping to put out a solo album um, by the end of next year. I've been writing and demoing all these songs. So this will be my second album that will be under my name, Ooh. solo. Wow. Um and I, I don't I don't know why I even had to make that distinction cuz Tigers and Monkeys I still it's my songwriting that is It's your band. Yeah, it's my band. But there's something that comes with the stripped down part of just saying it's just me that changes mm-hmm. probably what I'll put on that album. Like sure. I'll be your therapy will be on that, you know. Yeah, I love that song. Um so look for that on my Bandcamp. I have a uh, Shanali Bomick um, band camp and a Tigers and Monkeys band camp. We don't even know is WDEKpodcast.com. It's a monthly show and celebrating um, awesome people and also having real talk and talking about activism. And there is some humor to all of it, you know. And then uh, I host that with Christian Felix, one of my best friends I met at the law firm. He was a paralegal. That's hilarious. And we just were like, I was like, you're funny. You need to be in front of people. So wow. We came up. We used to do it live. Now we've been doing it virtually. And then uh, Variety Shack is Variety Shack, S-H-A-C. And you can find our uh-huh. videos. We have a Variety Shack channel on YouTube and the new videos are up. I'm excited that you have new videos. Yeah. I did not know that because, I mean, I'm well aware of the group, but yeah. I didn't know they had new content. Yeah. Yes, so check that out. I think oh, you'll, you'll yeah, like it. You'll like sure. it. For sure. So, uh, okay. And thanks for listening to Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. I'm here every Thursday, 2 to 3 I live. I love Dr. Lisa. <laughs> and and you can go to the archives. But don't forget about RadioFreeBrooklyn.org mm. and uh, go check out our website. Join our uh, mailing list because we're starting to do some activities and you could be part of it. Okay, guys? Um 
All right. So anyway, oh, just tell us Tiger on a Leash from your band Tigers and Monkeys. Yeah. So just say a few words about yeah, that. Yeah, this is a, the last album. I feel like this song is definitely um, describes the, the life that we've been leading the last few years. And it's about us deciding to take our life and going forward, man, like you have a freaking tiger on a leash. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, here we go. Is that for this Dream teen on the screen, breaking up with the scene. The grown ups let us down. On our first official date, they announced. 